hands together. Put your 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 hands together. What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming out to the UCB. Put your hands together. excited are you so excited to be at the show about me yeah i'm fucking amazed look at this jacket that's cool what what what's your story where are you oh thank you guys so much for coming out i was just pretty zeroed in on her but the rest of you are less important to me is why because like did you see did anyone else kind of feel her vibration on that it was beautiful um what's your what's going on are you visiting or you're from Chicago. You're from Chicago, you're a stand-up comedian, and you live here? You're a lesbian. It's all there. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, those are, yeah, those are me, those are me, those are me. We got that stuff going. Like, I need the fucking competition. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, there's room for four of us. Um, So if you're keeping count, there's already, it's me, uh, Tig, <laughs> Alan. That's three. You're pretty, this is, uh, you know, a tight heat. Because where do you meet my co-host? I know. But she's not from Chicago. You live here now? Did you move here? Long, uh, t- uh, recently? Three years ago. Three years ago. Yeah. Why don't I know you? <laughs> do we not know each other or do I know you? Do I know you? We don't know each other. We don't know each other. No, I don't know you, right? We should, we should know each other. Yeah. yeah. Guys, we don't know each other, but we should know each other. Well, you know what? The thing is, I'm tired, and I figured, why not start with, like, a, just one of these? You know what I mean? Just, like, a real, like, do I know you kind of back and forth. <laughs> so that you guys can all experience that. <laughs> you know what? I do have an amazing co-host on this show. She's wonderful. Let's hear it from Rhea Butcher. She's going to come out right now. Hi, Rhea. Hi, Cameron. How's it going? How are you? I'm good. We were... Oh, this is Rhea Butcher. She's a hilarious stand-up comic. She is also my wife. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's the thing. That's we the have thing. great jackets is my together. Zip, zip? Yeah, it is. <laughs> are you just checking your fly? I was. Stage? Cool. Don't, is that what, that's my worst fear. I understand. Because I wear men's shirts, so you gotta button, you gotta unbutton this area because the hips. You know okay. how men's shirts works. Well, I do. They don't. They go all the way <laughs> inside down inside and out. Yeah. They go down on you, and I don't understand why that's happening. They go down on you is not the right thing to that's say to your wife. That's not the way you should say that. Certainly not what you say to your wife. They they go down on you. <laughs> that would be the ultimate power move, though. Yeah. To be a lesbian and just have. What, the whole crowd go down on you? Men. What are you talking about? I thought you were talking about men. Oh, general. I was talking about, you just, when I said they, you assumed men? Yeah. This is the problem with our political system. <laughs> this is the fucking problem. I said they. I mean they. Look at them. Oh. They're a mix. They're all sorts of things. Yeah. We was traveling over the weekend. Where do we go? We went to Vancouver, Canada. Yeah, we did. We, we were so Cameron's tired. like, we should talk about Canada when we get on stage. Yeah, I was like, we should talk about here. Toronto. I was like, we were in Vancouver. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fun. 
funnier joke if you know how far away those places are from each other. Like, not in the same part of the... But you know what else I realized when we were in Canada? That Alaska is in Canada. <laughs> like, when's the last time you actually thought about that? Because on a map, it's in a box. Yeah, you were like, oh, it's in Canada. But I was it's not like, just I was in a like, box. I mean, I think I woke up one morning and I was like, yo, Rhea? <laughs> to get you to Hang wake on up second. on this, please? Because I just realized that Alaska is in Canada. Yeah. And Hawaii is not right next to us in California. No, no, no. It's, it's not. kind of far. No. A five-hour flight. Okay. Um. <laughs> but why do we own that? Why is that? Alaska? Yeah. I, I didn't research it. I don't know. For usually no stuff like that. I mean for pipeline like reasons. we make cars there. Or you know, you Russia. Know well we make the oil for it. We make the oil? Yeah, we make the oil up there. We make the know. oil up there. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they say. <laughs> so we went to Vancouver and how did it go? I mean, it was good, right? Well, I thought it was good. Yeah, I thought it was. I mean, I had a bit of a breakdown in the middle of it. One right, of those Canadian right, right. breakdowns, you know. Well, here's the first. We should, we should first of all talk about the fact that, um, so we travel, we get an itinerary from uh, our management. Guys, we're in the industry. We're fancy. Like, these are the words we're using. Management. People itinerary. work for us. Like, they tell us where to go because it's their job because we and pay it has them everything a fraction of our income, which is enough to employ other people. they already So did. it's, like, kind of important. And then we don't have to do it. Um, yeah. So we got our itinerary, and on the itinerary it said, uh, like, rent a car, mm -hmm. but then when you get to the, then when you get to your hotel, the venue is walking distance from the hotel, or you can drive. Or you can drive. What was the secret that we learned when we showed up at the hotel? <clears throat> the secret that we learned is that the comedy club is in the basement of the hotel. In the hotel. <laughs> in the hotel. So it is walking distance. Very much walking distance. You can actually just take the elevator there. To the elevator. You don't even have to walk. Down. You could kind of roll, crawl into yeah. the elevator, and it would dump you out at the comedy club. <laughs> yeah. Also very funny because it did say, but you can drive. Yeah. So I would just... I don't know how we would do that, actually. But I'm, if like, so glad that we got we the car, drove it out of the parking garage, and drove back around into the parking garage, went, time to go to work! Yeah, I mean, it would be kind of a cute... We didn't do that, because um, it was more expensive, but, like, the joke was there. We I mean, we did have in-and-out privileges, so... Um, been fine. That's, again, you know what I mean? When you're two wives talking about in-and-out privileges, it's, like, a real thing. You guys thought of burgers, I thought of fucking, so we're different that way. <laughs> It's the She's only a privilege we've got. So we never have in and out privileges. That's not something we have. <laughs> These are vegetarian jokes. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, so we're at this show. Now, we perform not on stage together when we tour. Uh, you go up first. Mm -hmm. I go up second. Mm -hmm. I do an hour. Mm -hmm. You do 25 minutes. 25 minutes. Why don't we do the same amount of time and go up at the same time? Because you're the headliner. <laughs> yeah, Rhea. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> um, good crowd the first night. Great crowd. So good. Great crowd. You're like, try out new material. I mean, technically, I feel I'm your like boss when we yeah, travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, yeah, yes. this, on this stage, Equals. Totally equals. Everywhere else, you're my boss. Yeah. 
Again, I'm just like kids everywhere a joke. else. It, it's true. Um, I am your boss everywhere else. Uh, yeah. So we're so technically so you did so well the first night. Yeah. And then you I, did really well. Oh God, thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Great set. And then I was like, listen, kid, throw it all away. You don't need those jokes. You've been hey. Just explore, explore. Try the, some new explore stuff. Explore the space. They seem open to it. They're Try open new to it. Stuff. Yeah. Well, because I was really hitting on some great local material. Sure. Yeah. This is stuff I like about Canada. Do you guys, have you ever been there? Do you know their money has a window? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> their money has a window. There's a window in the money. I was telling Cameron, you should be like, and then when you play poker in Canada, you can be like, I see you're 20. we're different because what I was doing all weekend was going like was going like it's a really fun game to play at the drive through where like you pull up and then you're like I'm sorry can you approach the window <laughs> drive through off but yeah exactly <laughs> then their money has a window and I was yelling about that on stage one time how crazy that is and then somebody said it also smells like maple syrup <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, wait, what now? So I went home and I Googled, does Canadian money smell like maple syrup? And what I found out was that the government of Canada, the government, had organized a press conference where they said, no, our money does not intentionally smell like maple syrup. Everyone calm down. Yeah, but here's how great Canada is doing at being a country. Like, I don't know if you guys remember the kinds of things we have press conferences here for in the United States when the government calls a press conference it's usually like terrible shit has gone (laughs) awry it's like many many guns and they all have Jeb Bush's name on it like it's like rough shit yeah but there it was like Canadians being like we demand answers about this breakfast money They had to know. So I was laughing because they were little sweeties, a bunch of little sweeties. Yeah. And then they got so mad at me because I didn't know what their team was from hockey. Sure. Which was called the Canucks. Yes, that's yeah. right, the Canucks. And then my response to that, and this is 100% genuine response, I didn't know that. I like straight up thought that was a, like a racial slur. <laughs> like I didn't, I thought we made that up. <laughs> like, ah, Canucks, get out of, you know, I didn't know you could say that. And they were like, no, that's what our team is. And then <laughs> no, I no, asked, no, we love it. <laughs> yeah. Then I asked them what their mascot was, and it's an orca whale. It's an orca whale, which is such a funny mascot for an uh, ice skating team, as you know, because whales don't have feet, as you understand. <laughs> they also aren't made for ice. No, you know? their They're whole job like a... is to be under frozen, and non, not under non-frozen just... water. It's, the worst place for them is ice. <laughs> They're dead. Yeah, they they are. They're dead up there. But then their biggest rival is them leaves. Yeah. <laughs> them maple leaves. Which is also, it says a lot about Canada, because their mascots are like, a whale. I mean, I get the killer whales will, like, they will, they'll fuck with a trainer. But in the wild... <laughs> In they the leave wild, trainers alone in the wild. In the wild, they leave the trainers like, alone. Bye. <laughs> in the wild, all they do is jump over boys while Michael Jackson sings. Um, plus, a leaf is like, just... I love you. Go Leafs! All air gonna cover you! Be in a pile. pile of us! Yeah. Get raked! That's what I would say. Yeah. 
Your back's gonna be hurting from raking us all afternoon. Hey, Leafs, blow! <laughs> Shut up. This is so funny. It's really funny. You're gonna have to wait two more weeks for us to be picked up. It's gonna suck. We're gonna blow back in your yard. Oh, yeah, this is Canada. You, or, this is not Canada. This is California. You guys don't understand leaves. Our leaf humor is lost on you. But then when I was thinking about American mascots, which are all like, our, our, our horse will fuck your face! You know? It's like different. It's like different. So... I liked being in Canada, though. Yes. Because I like the, um, you know, like, bizarro America aspect of it. Where oh, you're sure. like, oh, this seems the same. And then you talk to someone and you're like, this is completely different. Right. <laughs> and also, I really... I, I, like, quit smoking cigarettes, like, five years ago. Yes. And I developed, like, a huge sweet tooth after that. Huge. I got yeah. really into it. I've always loved candy, but I never ate it the way that I do now that I don't smoke. And so um, going to Canada is, like, I love trying Canadian candy, specifically the Canadian Kit Kat, um, because it is, a, it is so much more delicious, and they have a variation called the Chunky which just makes me happy in name alone. But you also lied to me about the Chunky. Do well, I was incorrect. But No, but like your imagination of what it was was so fucking sure, amazing. Yeah. Can I, I yeah. just tell them? Sure, go ahead. Rhea, do you guys know what a Kit Kat Chunky is? It's just a, it's like, so it's a big an individual Kit Kat, you know, when you, when you break me off a piece of a Kit Kat bar, um, the like one little panel, it's one little panel that's gone through a, an experience an exploding... Um, Honey, I blew up the kid. Yeah, it's blowed up the kid. It went through that. It got real big. And Rhea goes, wait till you try this. You bite into it, and there's just a regular-sized Kit Kat in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not laughing at you. It's I'm imagining how fucking awesome that would be as a candy. Sure, yeah. And I don't understand. You know how I feel about small things. I know how you like small things. <laughs> and if every food had a smaller version of the food inside of it... Yeah. I mean, I guess the only thing that does is like a chicken, right? <laughs> oh my God, yeah, you're right. <laughs> we never serve it that yeah, way. That's, it, oh, no. <laughs> Cook full chicken, stuff the eggs back inside. Oh. <laughs> Whoever gagged was totally right on. Somebody was like, oh. Well, did you not know where those came from? <laughs> did I just break some shit to you? Did I just break some eggs to you? <laughs> Chicken. <laughs> yeah, I thought those were cow eggs. Well, they're little baby chickens, but they didn't get they didn't get fertilized, so it's no problem. Because they weren't going to be a big mom chicken anyway. They're little baby nothings. They're little baby nothings. Which is I like my little baby nothings over easy. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But back to the Canadian candy. Wait, can I say one thing about sure. little baby nothings? Yeah. Because I was thinking today about how, do you guys know about in Kentucky, they're trying to get it so that uh, men who go on Viagra have to have their wife's permission? It's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing that's very, that is like a part of pro-life theory that doesn't make any sense is that like sperm somehow only becomes valuable once it is inside of a woman. Like, once sperm is inside of a woman, then that woman has been 
colonized. <laughs> and she must keep that baby. Because like, from a pro, if you're really truly pro-life, mm-hmm. then you should be working to install like, um, like sperm a shower catcher. everywhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, a, like a sperm catcher for the shower. <laughs> and like, just like, wet dream. Wet dream catchers? Wet dream catchers. <laughs> You guys kill, if you're just like, you why kill. are all these women killing babies? Do you know, you kill so Men many kill babies. Millions of babies. You are killing so Every many babies. Every half an hour. You kill so many babies. <laughs> Think about your life. Imagine all those little individual sperms with a graduation hat on. <laughs> Holding every tiny little sperm. Yeah. Oh. All right. Same person that was like, I don't like this chicken eggs thing. Was just like, I don't want to hold a sperm. I don't want to hold a sperm. But I feel like it was also a guy, which is really funny. He's like, ah, sperm is, get it out of me. (laughs) (laughs) Get it out of me. And on to you. On to you. That is why guys do that. That is totally the root of it. It's in there. 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 Put the eggs in the chicken. I don't want to see it. If I look at my own sperm, I'm gay. You take it, you yeah. take it, you take it. Shove it, shove it, shove it, shove it. <laughs> plug it, plug it, keep it. <laughs> oh, baby came out, thank God. <laughs> no more sperm. <sighs> so what were you saying? I don't know, I was talking about candy. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like when you said like a wet dream catcher. Mm-hmm. It's hard to ever come back from that. You yeah, know what I mean? Really it's hard like to... a perfect joke. <laughs> perfect punchline. It's here for Rio Butcher. That's Cameron Esposito. <laughs> Guys, what it is is it's a great stand-up comedy show. Is what's happening right now, and I understand that so far it's been we've been kind of meandering into it. That's on purpose to set up these fucking killers who are murderers of people. Just kidding, they're joke writers and comedians and they're gonna come out here and tell hilarious jokes and you guys seem like such a lovely audience. Please come in. Hello. You didn't miss, well you missed, trust me, this whole what Dreamcatchers thing? Like they'll tell you. (laughs) Fucking very good. Um, But guys, this first comic is a friend of ours. We love him so much. Awesome comic. Let's hear it right now from Mr. Brian Cook. Give it up for Brian. What's up, gang? They make a good point. Nothing bad ever happens in Canada. And I don't want Ted Cruz to be president, but I do think we should allow him to run because that sets the precedent for us to elect Canadians to run this shitty country for a while. Like if Martin Short could be the new prime minister of America, I'd be behind that 100%. We should, we need a broke president. And not like, not like a pulled himself up by the bootstraps broke, like never had shoes, that broke. Like currently does not own shoes. We need a president who talks to their friends the way I talk to my friends, like the night before the election, they're just on the phone like, dude, I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do if this president shit doesn't work out tomorrow. (laughs) Then there's like, they need to do a good job. They're not even in it for the power, they're in it for the free rent, do you understand? Like, if shit went down, they'd be like, oh, fuck, I'm getting impeached and evicted. I gotta stay with you for a while, man. 
broke pre- we keep electing billionaires if they fuck it up they just go back to being a rich guy that's not good incentive to run the country well doesn't make any goddamn sense also we keep paying them either way do you know that once you're president we just pay you forever until you die that's weird right but I guess they can't really interview for jobs it's hard to picture Obama like a year and a half from now just sitting in some middle manager's office like references I don't know Russia <laughs> the fuck Uh, Maybe because of Valentine's Day, I've been paying a lot of attention to people on bad dates around me lately, which is the closest thing I have to a hobby at this point. I definitely saw a bad first date the other night. I was at a bar, and I saw this couple sitting at a table, and they were sharing a plate of chicken wings, which that's not good first date food. Like, there's no way to eat that in front of someone you hope to fuck and not look like a monster the whole time. But the reason I know this was a first date is that they ate him with a fork and a knife. But it took a while. Like, they set, they set him, the waiter set him down, and they just stared at each other. Like, they, they sunk in what they were about to do in front of each other, right? They're just like, uh-huh, I'm still making small tack, like, wait, waiting for the other one to make the first move. Just became this weird appetizer war of attrition. And they finally dug in, fork and knife. That's a, mm, that's, there's no second date at that point. You gotta just do it. You just gotta get in there and eat those fuck, eat those parts of a dead baby animal. They're not babies. (laughs) Then I saw what I hope was a last date because it was a guy and a girl and they were sitting at a four top but there was just the two of them and they sat diagonally across from each other. I was like, whoa, what the fuck's going on here? And by the way, if you think your parents' marriage is dead, these two were like 22 and sitting diagonally across from each other at a table. 22, easily no older than that. And here's why. I was like, what the fuck? Why did she just move over there? Oh, because the guy wanted to put his fucking feet up on the chair across from him. Then he proceeds to rest his iPhone on a pint glass and just watch videos on his phone. Yeah, Netflix has been responsible for the demise of more relationships than infidelity at this point. I was like, she should dump him tonight. And then I realized she was wearing juicy sweatpants on a Friday night. So fuck it. Everyone's given up. Everyone at that point's given up. I can't imagine having to date again. I've been in a relationship for 11 years. And I would just fucking, I, I have friends that get divorced. And watching them try to start over is like the most depressing thing. Like go, trying to go out and like meet new people, but also give a shit. No. I'd just be at a dance club with a bunch of 20-somethings walking around like, does any of you have an older sister who perhaps went through a divorce, maybe a bankruptcy after she realized her liberal arts degree was worth jack shit in the real world? Kicked a drug habit a couple of years ago, maybe has a fucking story? But all my friends are getting married, which people complain about married friends. It's very hacky and stupid because this great thing about married friends is that it's the only way to wind up with divorced friends. And divorced friends are the fucking shit. You want to get hammered on a Tuesday? Divorced-ass Bruce has your back, bro. He's raring to go. Breakfast beers on a Monday morning? Bruce is there for you, buddy. He's a weekend dad. He doesn't give a shit. Last-minute weekend trip to Vegas? No, dude, you know I have the kids. Come on, man. I'm a grown-up. I'm an adult. I am a father first. I will see you Monday morning for breakfast shots. <laughs> Divorced ass Bruce is the name of that bit. Uh, you ever see a guy with a job so bad you hope he's a felon? Like, like a middle-aged dude who's still working the fryolator at like an airport Burger King? And you just want to pull them aside. Right, you don't ever judge people. You just want to pull them aside. 
be like, hey, man, what do I do to not become you? And you hope he has a succinct answer. You hope he can just be like, I'll tell you what not to do. Don't drive around all day with a necklace made of human buttholes in the trunk of your car. All right, cool, cool, man. I can probably handle that. But you know, in reality, it would be a much more nuanced answer, you know? He'd be like, ugh, how do you not become me? I don't know. Uh, fucking don't get a useless college degree. Don't go through 19 breakups in seven years. Uh, try harder. Like, there's going to be so many fucking reasons that this guy's life is in the shitter. And that's my biggest worry. Like, it's so hard to avoid failure. I think my biggest, my biggest, uh, the most dreadful thing to be is winding up being my own junior high sex ed teacher. <laughs> Which, if you went to a school as shitty as mine, was also the junior high football coach for some reason. Why was that the same job? Why was it legal for that to be the same job? Which do you think was his dream? Football or teaching 13-year-olds how not to fuck? But it was amazing, because I got to watch this dude come into class one day, hung over his shit, and just riff an abstinence speech off the dome. It was beautiful. He just walks in like, okay, shut up. Oh, what are we doing today? Oh, safe sex and abstinence. I can handle this. I haven't been fucked in 10 years. Uh, all right, kids, here's some things you can do other than having sexual intercourse. Uh, number one, there's oral sex. It's with your mouth in there. Junk, you little monsters will figure it out. Oh, I was drafted in college. Uh, number two, there's mutual masturbation. Oh, Karen, why did you leave me? He just got lost for a second and he came back. And the third thing that he listed off, I swear to God, he said this to us. Uh, rim jobs. <laughs> rim jobs made the curriculum at Oxford Hills Junior High School that day. <laughs> Fucking rim jobs. It was amazing. I just picturing some poor little girl going home to her parents that day like, Mom, Dad, you know, I've been thinking about it. You're right. Kevin and I are not ready for sexual intercourse. But we had a very enlightening lecture in health class today. Mr. Jacobs said it's cool if I just tongue-fuck that O-ring on the regular. I didn't even know what a rim job was when I was 13 years old. There was no internet. I sure wasn't going to ask an adult. The closest thing I could come up with as a definition of a rim job in my 13-year-old brain was just like holding an erect cock in one hand and nibbling around the tip. Just, non just Indian sunburning that shit and nibbling. Just like a homeschool kid that doesn't know how to eat corn on the cob the right way. Just never been out in public before. All right, guys, thank you very much. I'm Brian Cook. Give it up for Cameron and Oria. Brian Cook, you guys, let him hear it. Brian was talking about divorce. My parents are divorced. They've been divorced the whole time. They got divorced right away. Uh, like I was born in August of 1982, and they got divorced in September of 1982. <laughs> I like to think I had a little hand in that. It's a little tiny baby hand. It's real small. When we were in Canada, they had uh, Turner Classic Movies in the hotel, and they were having like a Dustin Hoffman fest. <laughs> like a real, real Hoff fest, you know? <laughs> real, very yelling and a lot of hair. But, um, they played Kramer versus Kramer, and I haven't seen that movie in a long time, and I sat down and just started watching it, and then I remembered that the first time I'd ever seen the movie Kramer versus Kramer, which I think is the first movie that's like completely about divorce, uh, the first time I ever watched Kramer versus Kramer uh, was during a visitation with my dad, 
by myself. <laughs> like, I just sat and watched a movie about a divorced dad at my divorced dad's house without my divorced dad. <laughs> and the last thing I'll say about divorced dads is uh, I used to, when I visited my dad, he lived in a, like a basement apartment and uh, he used to serve me dinner on a weight bench. And you guys might like have pity on me or feel like that's super sad, but don't be sad because that made me the strong lesbian I am today. So it's totally okay. Also, they also played Tootsie right after Kramer versus Kramer, and it's so funny because like Dustin Hoffman just made a bunch of movies about the female experience. Like that's because Kramer versus Kramer is his wife leaves him with his child, and then he has to take care of her and his job is like, you need to get your priorities straight and keep your job and get rid of your kid. And then in Tootsie, he's like, I, I'm not happy with all these male roles I'm getting, so I want a better job. I'll take this woman's job. I'm like, That's just perfect. Anyway, if you want to learn what it's like to be a woman, just watch Dustin Hoffman's movies. <laughs> Especially Hook. <laughs> Are you guys ready to keep the show going? Because we have so many amazing comics. Uh, and this next comic is a favorite of the show. I love it when he comes by. His show, uh, Almost Genius, is on tonight on True TV. Please give a warm welcome for Chris Fairbanks, everybody. That's the exact kind of song that makes me wish I didn't play trombone when I was young. Yeah, Kramer for it's Jesus. The kid, remember, he's on a jungle gym and he's holding a toy plane. And because of the neglect of his whatever parent was there, because he's thinking about divorce, landed on the, and the toy plane caught his eye, I think. Wasn't that? I think so. Is that what, or am I, is that a thing with me? Because I used to have, I had a toy plane sitting there, American Airlines, on a thing, because someone gave, I don't know, I've been, I've met a lot of pilots in my life. As a kid, I met a lot of pilots, traveled a lot as a kid, and uh, I just had nightmares about uh, that plane just going in my eye hole. In uh, math, I had a lot of nightmares about algebra. I was a kid. I utilized the uh, valet parking, and it made me think of a funny time I had. Last time I used valet parking, I was on uh, La Cienega, and you know how it's, it's always like cars double parked, because, you know, people be clubbing. And uh, <laughs> so I was like, I'm not searching for street parking, uh, or surface parking, a lot of us. Uh, wow, what, I, I waste a lot of time with words. That's my thing. <laughs> I saw the valet, guy. he's at a kiosk, and it's a guy, and I'm like, hey, and he waved at me, and I'm like, we're about to have a transaction. But then the valet guy did a weird thing where he didn't get on the driver's side and, you know, commandeer my vehicle. Instead, he got on the left-hand side and pointed to the back, like, urgently, almost, and I was like, okay, and I unlocked it, and he, valet guy got in back, sat, and just looked at me, and then looked at his phone, and I was like, what the... F fuck are you doing? And then I realized, and this is just one of those hilarious real-life comedy moments, he thought I was an Uber driver, and he was not a valet guy at all. And we made that mistake at the same time. And in his defense, you know, I drive a black four-door sedan. Uh, but in my defense, who wears a little red vest? 
Just, oh, 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 you need a, a magic at the Triner Hospital again? Let's save some, save some kids' stat. <laughs> Medical term bringing the joke home, and you're right to lower the lights. Oh, isn't that me being dumb? I walked out of the lights, and I'm like, oh, it's funny how it gets more romantic over by my joke book. <laughs> if that's any indication, oh. All right. I, uh, thank you. I thank you. Um, I ordered uh, fajitas. First of all, if, uh, if, uh, at a Mexican restaurant, if they say, hey, be careful, that plate is really hot, I always will touch it. I always will. I will never not touch the hottest. If you tell me that's... This actually, I talked to the cook. This plate, we're going to have to have some people on standby. It's actually so hot that, as far as I know, on the Rockville scale, <laughs> it will melt your dermis. I'll fucking, I'll lay my cheek on it. But then they brought out the fajitas, and it's always oh, fucking this fanfare. I hate it. Like, like obnoxiously sizzling. And the whole restaurant's like, oh, for you, is George Clooney eating here? I'm just like, that's ah, me. Jesus, could you put some umbrellas and sparklers in my drink? Ooh, who's that character? I do a lot of characters uh, for your children, for children. I do characters for children. You know, there's a lot of chids out there. Some of them are just children, and they never see a good character. So around the holidays, I have this uh, charity called Characters for Children and Chids. And uh, it's doing pretty well. We had a lot of money. Money. <laughs> just bringing it to, I'd like to start over. I don't just do comedy. I also do uh, some voiceover. I've done some... Illustration, some uh, computer animation. I, uh, I, I, um, I draw. Actually, have you seen that commercial? It's for Lamisil, a little monster, pries open a yellowed toenail and jumps in there to live. Uh, that was my foot. I do a little foot modeling. <laughs> I have uh, just found out uh, an allergy to Pitbull's music. <laughs> he looks, yeah, he looks like just a really high-class Uber driver, Pitbull, doesn't he? Like you have to select SUV. That's all my jokes about not liking Pitbull. It totally feels like I filled six minutes. Well, I'm going to wrap it up here. That'd be funny if right then I just put on a condom. I, uh... Uh, last time I was sick and having nightmares about uh, airplanes entering my eye holes, I, uh, I, I was sweaty, fevery, and uh, a lot of times when you're sick, it's like a good chance to catch up on shows that... Uh, people have been talking about. I'd never watched any of Game of Thrones, and people would actually get mad at me because I haven't watched it. So 
I was sick, but I thought, maybe I'll watch all these seasons of Game of Thrones. And man, everyone was right. It was really, it's really good. The writing's great. The acting's terrific. Uh, and then everyone gets naked, and they're, they're fucking. And it's like, whoa. And they look great naked. And then, there's, and then there's a dragon. And it's like, oh, I forgot. There's like a fantasy. There's dragons. And then a kid murders another kid. And then they're fucking. And then a guy's head gets squished. And oh, look, another dragon. I'm just, just saying you... You really have to pay attention to the plot when you're watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> Otherwise, you end up masturbating to something horrifying. Uh, <laughs> just at that moment where you're like, ah, I know where this is going. No, you didn't. Head squished. <laughs> and you're, but you're looking at... <laughs> You're looking at that right when you google.org, and so then you're like, oh, and then your body, chemicals, that's what you're into now. Uh, if you're like coming to a guy's head getting squished, uh, time to change your lifestyle, honey, gotta go to the Halloween store, spice up this bedroom. <laughs> hey, pinched. Yep, time to go. Uh, before I go, I just want to say, uh, I, uh, for the Valentine's Day, my girlfriend made me a breakfast in bed, and that's just uh, weird. That's a weird concept. <laughs> I don't get it. Breakfast in bed. It's like you're saying, uh, well, it's Saturday. I think today I want to pretend I'm dying in the hospital. <laughs> okay, thanks, you guys. Chris Fairbanks, you guys, let's hear from Chris. Chris is hilarious. I love, I, I love, Chris is hilarious. He was making me, I don't even know why. Whatever Chris said that, what did he say that made me just think of the Grammys? Did anyone watch the Grammys last night? Did you guys watch that? Pip, that's what it was. That's right. I blocked out that, that his name because that was a real, what are we doing with ourselves? Kind of end of, kind of end of the night. But uh, I was pretty happy with, Anna, with Alabama Shakes. You go, Brittany Howard. Uh, not a huge Alabama Shakes crowd? Weird, you're actually wrong about this. Like, there's a lot of things that I would be like, oh, different taste, but there's only one taste on this, and it's the correct one, which is that they are amazing. Do you not know this band? Why are you here? Go home and listen to Sound and Color. It's better than any of us can ever be. Okay, but this morning I woke up to an email from my dad my dad is, this is my dad. One time I fell down the stairs at a, I was performing at a, I was performing, no, let's go back further. When I was two years old, <laughs> I had to go perform at a dance recital. I had to. My class needed me. This was tough for me as it was. I really didn't want to be in a, any sort of tutu or anything like that. Definitely wanted to wear what the boys wore, which was like, have you, do you know, like ballerina boys, they wear just like pants. <laughs> <sighs> so, um, but my eyes were crossed. When I was a little kid, I had crossed eyes. And so my dad was like, don't worry, sweetie. You don't have to cancel the dance recital. And I was like, oh, you're kidding me. Like, even at two, great sense of irony and, um, like, sort of sarcasm and stuff where I was like, this is, you know, the least likely event would be that you... Anyway, it doesn't matter. My point is, um, my dad stood at the end of the stage to catch me in case I danced off the end of the stage. <laughs> Which does a little bit feel like what's happening right now with Jeb Bush. Like, if you watch him... <laughs> Feels like Barbara's just like, I gotcha! 
want. <laughs> then when I had first moved to LA, I had just moved to LA and I somehow got booked on this show where like, the, so it was this huge charity show and they needed a female comic. I don't know why they thought they needed one female comic. It turns out they should have just had all female comics. Am I right? That's how you get that money rolling in. I mean, if you're raising money, you know, um, <clears throat> women are really relatable. So like, anyway, my point is, uh, it was, everybody was, was epically famous. Like everybody on the show had had their own name, that, their own show that was named after them. Like, like Ray Romano. Do you know, like this kind of a thing where it was like, everybody loves who now? You are the one. Um, the whole, it was like eight dudes of that caliber and then little Cami Esposito who nobody knew who I was. Um, and there was a staircase backstage that was visible from like this section of the audience and not this section of the audience. And JB Smoove, the MC of the evening, called my name and I started at the top of the staircase and fell down the entire staircase and then just got up and walked on stage. And by the way, crushed, because I love being an underdog. That's my best moment. I can really shine in a situation where I come out and I'm like, you don't know me, but let me convince you, you know? Um, but the whole performance, I just kept thinking about like, the experience these people were having and how different it was from the experience these people were having. So these people are like, who is this kid? She's a hot ticket. And these people are like, oh no. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, I mean, she's still doing okay, but like, I think is any of us, are any of us a doctor? So I told my dad that story. My dad wants to encourage me to the point where I'm crushed. I don't know if anybody has a parent like this. I told my dad that story. The next day, Jennifer Lawrence fell on the stairs when going to receive an Oscar. The moment that that happened, I received a text from my dad that said, you and Jennifer Lawrence have a lot in common. <laughs> so Taylor Swift last night gave a speech that was about how like, Women are like, here's the thing. It was, I her point was cool. I think maybe her delivery was a little off. I don't know if anybody actually saw it, but it was a little bit like, whoopsie daisy. <laughs> I know what you mean, but say it a little different way. Because <laughs> what she ended up, because she was trying to say like, like women keep doing it. Like people are gonna say that you can't, but I'm Taylor Swift and I am a woman. And I am very famous. But instead she was just like, I'm Taylor Swift, I'm famous. I did it! You know, like she just kind of... <laughs> she cut a little too much out. But I could tell her heart was in the right place. Then I woke up this morning to my dad just sent me an email that was um, the whole, the whole subject line was like, you are a powerful woman. My dad, this is my dad. And then the, 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 ta the, the interior of the email, what's that called? Body. Body. <laughs> Was just Taylor Swift's speech. <laughs> Cut and pasted. Now if also as a little, in a little addendum, 
you know, I know you know my dad, but if you don't remember, my dad is a lawyer, and so he, when he emails, he always emails me from his legal practice and his, uh, his address, which means that, I don't know if you've ever been emailed by a lawyer, but there's a very long disclaimer at the end <laughs> about how this is, pr- the, how about how the communication is protected by attorney-client privilege, and then it goes through all the statutes, like, specifically. <laughs> So my dad sent me an email today that was, you are a powerful woman, open it, Taylor Swift speech, and at the bottom, like, this is protected by Illinois law. (laughs) So he's a sweetie, and I love him. Guys, this next comic is also a sweetie. Um, Well, first of all, we're in a movie together, which is very exciting, and I believe that that movie got sold, which is very exciting, so you can see it. It was at Sundance, um, which was very cool for me. I was pretty stoked about that. It was also cool for this for this comic, but like she's also got a bunch of other shit going on that's amazing. Like for instance, she's on a like a regionally popular show based in New York City called Saturday Night Live. And I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's like they do well in market, you know. And so um, we're happy to have her, and she's a friend of mine. So please welcome to the stage right now, Sashir Zameda. Give it up for Sashir. I was listening to NPR driving home from something the other night, or maybe driving to something in the morning, and it was the day after the primary, I think. The one, I think it was after Trump had won, and they were talking to Trump supporters uh, after the victory and just like asking what they thought. And this guy uh, was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all for Trump because I just don't know where this country's going. I can't even, sometimes I, God, I go, I go into Panera and I can't even order because the other person doesn't even speak English. They're speaking Spanish and I can't even order a sandwich in this country anymore. I mean, learn English. I mean, if he was getting so upset. And then the last thing he said to prove his point, he was like, people need to learn English in this country because I mean, if you go to other countries, Shit. He, like, realized. <laughs> you go to other countries, people speak English and every other language that is available to them. Because people in other countries are like, oh, I'm going to be educated so that when I go someplace, I can just speak multiple languages. But in America, we're like, no, everyone, talk to me like me. <laughs> Let's all just be America everywhere. Yeah, anyway. Let's keep the show going, right? Yeah. This next comic is in from Amsterdam, which is not America. So how fantastic is that? You guys, and it's his first time on the show. So whenever it's somebody's first time on the show, we love to give him a huge warm welcome. So get it going for Stefan Pop, you guys. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm Dutch. And uh, well, I'll, I'll do the show in English, so so, so don't worry. Uh, I I only flew in uh, like last week. Flew in last week. I flew in with the cheapest flight. I'm not that rich. I flew in with the cheapest flight, and like the, the cheapest flights are always like the early flights. So my plane left at a quarter six in the morning, and that's when I realized that like you can't motivate any group leaving that early, like. Like, so many people were so angry they had to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning to catch a plane at a quarter to 6 in the morning. And that's when I realized that, like, there's, there hasn't been, like, any big expedition that ever left at a quarter to 6 in the morning. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think that, like, Columbus left at a quarter to 6 in the mo- morning. Just imagine, like, like Moses 
standing in a desert in front of the Jewish people. He's like, Jewish people. It's, it's, it's it, like, it's gonna be a long walk. So, so let's meet up tomorrow morning at, at a quarter to six. Be like, what? Come on, come on, Moses. Just let's just leave around ten, man. I mean, it's a forty-year walk. We don't care if it gets four hours late in forty years. But then, then Moses said, "Yeah, but if you leave it at quarter to six in the morning, it'll be twenty dollars cheaper." <laughs> and then they said, "Okay, we'll see you tomorrow morning at a quarter to six." <laughs> Uh, like I, I heard a few, a few comedians talk about elections. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of politics, especially not in an election year, because like so many politicians always speak out for the masses during election years. Like I'm just saying what's on everybody's mind. That's kind of the credo they're using, like their motto. Like, just saying what's on everybody's mind. Every time a politician says that, I'm like, yeah, but if you're saying what's on everybody, everybody's mind, the thing you're saying is probably not that good of an idea, because apparently. Everybody can come up with that idea. <laughs> like, I've never heard the anecdote of Einstein singing in a train, being asked by a guy, hey, Einstein, what are you thinking of? And Einstein said, well, I was just looking out the window and saw a guy watching the train, and just at that point, a conductor switched on the lighting, and the conductor would tell you that the lighting went on instantly in the whole train. But if you take into account that the speed of light is in all directions the same, and you calculate the velocity of the train, the outsider will first see the lighting going on the back of the train and travel forward, which so means that instantly is pretty relative. What happens for the conductor instantly happens for the outsider in two separate moments. So I was thinking of a relativity theory where time and space bend at a high velocity, and ng equals mc square. And the other guy goes, seriously? I was thinking of the same fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> that never happened. And I've been practicing on those lines all day. <laughs> I, I, I don't have uh, short jokes, uh, by the way. <laughs> if you, if you want to hear uh, short jokes, go to Twitter. They're so funny on Twitter with their sarcasm. Anyway, um, other stuff. Oh yeah, so I have a great name for like a comedian, like Stephen Pop. This is like this is like an artist. Like, this is my real name. Like it's a good good name. Like Stephen Pop. I was really happy with it till the beginning of this year. I got an email from a guy who had the same name, and he's an opera singer. Yeah, there's an opera singer called Stephen Pop, but it's really weird. Like I'm Stephen Pop. So suddenly I get this email from Stefan Pop, which makes you like, in a real modern way, really schizophrenic. <laughs> so I open the email and I want to read out what this opera singer Stefan Pop uh, wrote me. He wrote me, dear fellow Stefan Pop, <laughs> I'm opera singer Stefan Pop. I won the Placido Domingo opera singing competition. And I was like, that's pretty arrogant, you know? <laughs> That's the first line of the email, and instantly he's referring to the prize he won. Like, so he continues, since then I've been performing all over the world in big cities like Rome, Paris, Madrid, Singapore, Seoul, Moscow, San Francisco, Buenos Aires, and even New York. I'm like, hey, just, like, just name like two cities. 
don't name like every city you've ever been to. Again, it's pretty, pretty arrogant. Now that my career is going so fast, I try to promote myself as well as possible. And my question is, is this the reason why you found me on the internet? You are the owner of the website www.stephanpop.com. <laughs> but I want that website and I want to buy it from you. I'd rather have people seeing that Stefan Pop is an opera singer on stefanpop.com than a comedian from Holland. <laughs> I offer you 2,000 euros and free tickets if you're ever in Rome, Paris, Venice, <laughs> Chicago, New York, or Moscow. Again, way too many cities. Like, I was pretty mad. And like, you shouldn't be like, like shouldn't write an email back if you're, if you're mad. Well, I did. <laughs> and this, this is what I wrote back. I wrote back, hello, opera singer Stephen Pop. <laughs> Thank you for your email. You, you sound like a very nice guy. So down to earth. Not cocky at all. <laughs> I also do a lot of shows all over the place. I do shows in Berg Eyck, Oost-Klondam, Bemmel, Gorkum, Rolof Aresveen, Groesbeek, Veldhoven, Bolswart, Oosterhout, Maasluis, Hendrik Idel Ambacht, Geldermalsum, Lochem, Schiedam, Wijk bij Duurstede, Sassenheim, Nunspeet, Capella aan de IJssel. These are really big cities in Holland, you know. Krimp aan de IJssel, and even in Barendrecht. Yeah, that's right. If you're ever in Barendrecht and I have a show that night, you are more than welcome to buy a ticket at the theater. <laughs> But it only counts in Barendrecht. StefanPop.com is not for sale. It's mine, and people have to know that Stefan Pop is a comedian. If you want your own website, buy www.operasingerstefanpopgofuckyourself.com. <laughs> That site is still available. <laughs> Ciao, Bella, the one and only Stephen Pop. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. Ciao. You guys, Stephen Pop, he was amazing. <laughs> hey guys, we got two comics left on this show. Are you ready for two more comics? Do you have in your hearts, do you, are you, do you feel great about two additional comics? Yeah. I knew you did! Guys, this next, this next dude is a pal of mine. He's in from New York. So guys, I mean like, just what an international show you're getting. Los Angeles, New York, Amsterdam, international. Um, <laughs> Please, please, a uh, warm welcome to the stage for my friend, Mr. Seth Herzog. Guys, give it up for Seth! More than that! Give it up for Cameron, oh my lord. So hot on stage with the jacket. It's hot up here. She's doing it for you, for style, guys. She's doing it for you guys, not for herself, it's for you. I said to her, I said, Cameron, I will come to your show, but I need two rows of empty seats on the side of the stage. Or else I, I do not put mic and mouth unless that, it's in my rider. So luckily they did that for me. Thank you so much. I would not have. There's a lot of Elijahs tonight that are coming out. A lot of Elijahs. We don't know. We don't know. There could be a rush later. 
the end of the comic. There could be seven people that have to get in the show. So we make sure those are ready to rock. Um, I did do some shows in Amsterdam a couple months ago and happened to meet Stefan when I was there. And uh, I wasn't going to even mention this, but I remembered some of the funny things I learned about Amsterdam was there, you know, you can get as much drugs as you want with no problem any time of day. You can get, you can call up a girl, any sort, any time. They'll show up to your room, talk to them on the street, pick them up. But you need a license to play golf in Amsterdam. You need to go to the county clerk and fill out tests to go on a golf course. <laughs> Swear to God. It was the funniest thing. Can you imagine? They're like, 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 so you want to play golf with us? How would you do that? <laughs> Show me how you would do that. Walk around, walk around. No, like you're bored. Like you're above us. Like you're playing a game. Oh, you're t too active, too active. No. No license for you. Get out of here. <laughs> imagine. And there's also, there's a, they, have, they have government agencies for everything. There's a government agency for like, Clean needles, although heroin's illegal, but if you want clean needles and if you OD, there's like a special number you call the government agency. They're very like, you don't do coke, but if you do, just call us. It's fine. <laughs> it's really funny. It's like, don't kill anyone, but we have a number. We'll help you bury the body. Just tell us where and where to be. We have a guy. <laughs> it's, a great t it's a great town. It's a great town. Um, so much else to talk about. I am becoming a little obsessed with the primaries. I love this reality show. I can't wait to see who gets voted off the island every single week. It's kind of amazing. I'm mostly bummed Lindsey Graham is off the show. He was my favorite. There's nothing funnier to me than a 65-year-old Southern dude who still claims to be straight, has never been married, has no kids, and lives with four cats. Like, you realize that that's, what he, that's his whole thing. I'm from South Carolina. Never been married, have no kids, and I have four cats. Mr. Whiskers, get off me! <laughs> That's a human that was running for president. Uh, he's the best. His, everything he says is funny. Anyway, I love the debates. Did anyone watch the most recent ones last week? The, the Democratic one on Thursday was interesting. They, I, I, the Hillary-Bernie debates are fun. It's, it's just like watching your parents fight. It's a little uncomfortable. <laughs> And you're like, why? Stop it. Just stop it, guys. I, I'm not feeling the love. Uh, but she, I loved Hillary's look. Like, she was about to go judge a Hunger Game right after the debate was over. <laughs> if you remember, all white face, white makeup, and like a chartreuse yellow futuristic gown? Jacket? I don't even know what it was. It was definitely out of the, <laughs> the, the Hunger Games uh, collection, for sure. Um... And I find Hillary, is, what's funny is that she's, she's learned how to talk in a, in a politician way. She looks like she took like a course of like the learning annex, how to take a class, how to be a politician, because she knows how to talk just like this, and you will clap at the end. Yeah, very good. You guys are trained. You're trained. Very good. She knows how to do it. Um, uh, I'd like, and, but the funny thing is she's like just Tracy Flick from Election, isn't she? That's the, like, the best analogy I can come up with. She's like, I've done everything right. I got straight A's in every class. I'm the president of the school. Why do you not love me? Why do you not love me? I've done it all right. Should be the most popular kid in school. I don't fucking get this. Uh, and Bernie's just your uncle who is just waiting to do the blessing over the bread and go home. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll go to your bar mitzvah, but I'm not staying. I will go. 
I'll do the blessing and then I'm leaving. We're leaving. I feel like someone told him this. he has a year left in his life. He's like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to say everything I ever wanted to say. And then I'm going home. <laughs> I feel like he's running for president because he knows, like, this is our last shot. And everyone always, you know, people try to do uh, uh, impressions of Trump and, and Bernie. I'll tell you, here's the s- secret. And it's not about the voice. It's all about the hands. You want to do a Bernie... It's just, you're just uh, working two marionettes. We have a revolution here. It's starting from the ground up. And I've got two puppets I'm imaginarily working right now. They're talking to each other, working the legs really hard. That's a good Bernie. Trump is even easier. Trump, people try to do the voice. It's not about the voice. It's all about the hands. He likes to go... Palms up, palms down. He does a couple of these, clap, done. As soon as these palms go back, that's it, he's done. No more points, no more words have to be spoken. So if you're working on Trump, just remember, it's all about the hands. And you gotta throw in a few of these. He loves that. If you watch the last debate, he went off on a rack so badly. I, I really think he was about to say, 9-11 was an inside job. He was this close. This close, if you watch it. I'm going to end on um, one thing. Where did my little slip go? Here we go. Uh, I did a documentary about French humor about a year and a half ago. I forgot about it. This French camera team showed up in New York, and they're interviewing comics about like what's funny about the French people. And I'm like, I don't know, nothing. And I had nothing to say. And I guess I, they interviewed me for an hour, and it aired in France a few months ago. And I only knew that it aired because my Twitter feed blew up with French people yelling at me in French on Twitter. And now when that that happens, when someone tweets you in a foreign language, there's a button that says, do you want Twitter to translate this? And I said, yes, Twitter, will you translate this for me? These are two of my favorite insults that I got. I wrote them down, because I didn't want to get this wrong. Uh, First one of my favorites said, shut up, asshole. Do you therefore cook ass? That's the Twitter translation. Therefore. Do you therefore cook ass? <laughs> I had to ask some French friends, and apparently that is a French insult. Cooking ass. Do not tell someone do they cook ass. It's a big deal there. And then it continued, uh, bitch of an uneducated American hashtag French bashing. Should be hashtag American bashing. That's what you're doing right here. And the second one was even better. The second one just said, you will relax the ass. <laughs> which is an imperative, not even an insult. It's telling me what to do. It's almost like he's on my side, like, do you have diarrhea? You will relax the ass. It's like what Tracy Morgan tells dates. You will relax the ass. Anyway, you guys have been a blast. Thanks so much for coming out. Get up for these lovely ladies. Did you guys watch that GOP debate at all? Did anybody watch it? I, like, happened to catch it because I'd already watched Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> and Tootsie was on, so I was like, well, I might as well catch up with the world now, see what's going on. And it was the first one that I'd watched, and, like, holy crap, are they out of their minds. But <laughs> Seth was doing such a great job doing Trump. It just reminded me that I hated that debate, not so much for, like, the terrible things that they said, 
but for all the good things that Trump said, because I was watching it going, why am I agreeing with Donald Trump? This is the worst day of my life, because he was saying, like, Iraq was a big mistake. George W. Bush should have never invaded Iraq. He knew there weren't WMDs. I'm like, wait, what? This is a Republican saying this? This is not okay. They're not supposed to do that. And then later on, Ted Cruz was, like, needling him about... Uh, the, the fact that he supported Planned Parenthood and Donald Trump turns to Ted Cruz and says, they do great things for women's health. And I went, no, this is not okay. <laughs> you are not allowed to be good. Stop it. Anyways, this next comic is allowed to be good. Eh? <laughs> it is her first time on the show and I'm so glad that she's here. She's one of my favorites. You guys, please give a huge welcome to Laura Keitlinger. It is so awesome, uh, first of all, to have you on the show, because I know you were just saying, you were just saying to me that you were like thinking it out as you were talking those jokes, mm -hmm. but like you are a pro to the point where that is really fun to watch. I don't know if you know that. That's it's the like, sweetest thing I've ever heard. I think it's unprofessional on my part. Well, but, wait, no. but it's also like, okay, so t divorce yourself from what's happening for you for a second and just think about like people watching somebody that is attuned enough to a skill that they can actually do it in front of them. Like you're making up new things. Mm -hmm. As people watch you do it? I mean, have you told those jokes before that you just told? Uh, new things, old things? No, I haven't. Uh, actually, maybe, yeah, no, no, I haven't actually. The, um, but the, I wrote out a couple of them and then still didn't say them right. No, the thing with the senator I've done before, so. I mean, I write on stage, actually. Like, that's where I do. Do you usually write stuff out fully before you go up? I do, or I try, or I'll, I'll just, if I think of something on the way to a show a lot of times, so then I'll write it down and then go. I mean, what I will say is that whatever you just did there was awesome and, uh, like, really fun to watch. I don't know. I mean, there's just, like, a... But maybe... I'm like in love with the craft of it. I think about it like a language that you're learning how to speak. Mm -hmm. like, do you ever dream in jokes? Have you ever dreamed a joke? No. Horror films, I've dreamt. <laughs> All the way. <laughs> I actually... Yeah, I mean, that's my, that's my usual nightmare. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. It's like a, a horror. Just like a real terror. Yeah. yeah. What joke have you dreamt? I just have dreamt, so I have dreamt, first of all, I've dreamt two, I've dreamt like panic dreams. Yeah. Where I'm trying to get through a set and I know I'm asleep. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, if you were awake, you would know these jokes. I don't know why I'm <laughs> oh, like wow. putting the pressure on myself. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, then I've also, I don't know if I've even transcribed anything. But I remember the first time it happened to me, I think I'd only been doing stand for like two years. And I just was like, I had, I like delivered a joke in my sleep. That's pretty great. It is actually yeah, pretty great. That means, yeah. I think that means you're kind of, maybe you should take a break and like fill your life with other things perhaps. <laughs> well, I, I think well possibly, but I love that it seems like that's a great kind of, that you're even focused in your subconscious. Is... Oh dear God, maybe yeah. that is what it means. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, old laser beam Esposito for sure. Alright, well thank you so much. Thank that's you. literally all we need. Uh, Laura Keitlinger, you guys, let her hear it. Let's hear it for Laura. Jesus. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> Those are really good jokes, Laura. Oh, really? Yeah, they're so good. 
Well, like, here's the thing about the pizza one. Like, I feel like it was, I was with it. I thought it was going to, yeah, I thought it was going to get there. I'm not like, I'm not like, let's do the whole thing again. Yeah, here you go. (laughs) (laughs) It does bother me that it seems like, oh, what a simple thing. You have your one job to bring oil from here to there without ruining the ecosystem, without everyone. I I don't know, and maybe we should also mic you. I don't know, uh, like, what usually happens? Somehow oil is leaked and it kills animals. Right, but like, what what is, what? You're right. Like I've never. I fucking. I mean, it seems impossible that it could keep happening, (laughs) right? But it does. It happens all the time. Yeah. But and that that what I was that maybe uh, you know maybe a delivery. Can you guys help me write this joke? Maybe a (laughs) delivery person, a delivery person, should be having the job of the captain of an oil tanker, because they'd make more money and they at least are proven to be able to deliver something from one place to another without killing you know animals and, and, and people's jobs and you know, everything. And usually with like a time restriction. Yeah. That I feel yeah, like 30 tankers, minutes or less. Tankers, it's like, yeah. I feel like it's like, it's just like, go as long. Right. That is literally the right. slow boat to China, I think, usually, yeah. is like the yeah. is like the tanker. Exactly. You kind of take your it's time. It's just like, just don't be drunk. Right. And just take this from here to there. Yeah. And they make um, $219,000 a year. And Tanker I think, drivers? Yeah. And I think, this I know. This is amazing. And I think, because I've been thinking about it, either that or maybe being a coroner. And uh, it's basically the same thing. I know, I've been looking. I've been looking for work. And, but I, I am stunned by that, that, so that most of the time yes. they can't do their one job. Do you know how often they go out? I this guess. is like, we gotta like get to the bottom, like come over for dinner. I know, we'll I know. do like a maybe. deep dive on Google. I know, why couldn't we just do this? Like yeah. drive it. We should call it uh, Tank and Tankers. <laughs> Can Tankerous Tankers. <laughs> but I'm not wearing a tank top, and we talked about this sure. backstage. I asked Sashir, do you guys know if that's still a usable phrase? Tank top? Tank top? Like, can you still say that? You yeah. You can't say tube top. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I just was telling her, because uh, Seth was making fun of me for wearing this jacket, in a nice way, the way friends do, and then I said, well, like, but lesbians, like, this is all we have. Like, literally, lesbians, like, the only way you can dress up is to add more layers. Because you can never be, like, more revealing. And then I was like, like, what am I going to wear? Like, a tank top? And then I realized, like, I don't even know if that's a thing, like, women say. Do women say tank top? I don't know. I even feel weird when I have a dress on and I'm not a lesbian. (laughs) I mean, I feel like I'm masquerading as something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it all comes back to Dustin Hoffman and Tootsie. (laughs) That's right. That's right. It's Sunday on Turner Classic Movie. Yeah. Laura Keitlinger. That movie was, now, straight up, now tell me, I will, uh, that movie is something that, like, I saw that movie when I was real, real young. Yes. You see it now, and it is still real, real... (laughs) You see it now, and it is still... (laughs) I just thought it felt like the right thing to do. We were playing football. It wasn't like a sexy thing. (laughs) Shut up. Um... (laughs) But you see it now, and like the okay. So, do you guys remember the premise of Tootsie? This is you know, we're gonna end the show on this. But the premise of Tootsie, the entire plot of Tootsie, we're just gonna that, end on that. Um, I loved it. Megan loves it. Our photographer Megan loves it when I summarize movies. But the whole plot of movies of no, the whole plot of movies is that there's a, a camera. The, the whole plot of Tootsie is that there's a young man who cannot get hired. 
he is talented and he's committed to the craft of acting, but there are just no roles. No roles for men. Shit is fucking dried up. For men. Actually, he has roles as a man. It's just he's not necessarily he's satisfied with difficult. the roles that he, he has. He thinks the roles are beneath him. Like he's yeah. like there's a lot of roles, but like the really good ones are dried up. So then he goes and he you know, like really kind of taps into the vat of privilege and um, like wealth of opportunity that comes from being a middle-aged woman. Yes. <laughs> like mildly attractive. Yeah. Just like like sort there's of a the montage in the middle of that movie where he he has become a successful performer on a soap. A soap. We don't even have that anymore. Right. And then there's a montage of him being on the cover of, like, Newsweek. Sure. And we don't even have that anymore. (laughs) And marching. Yeah. And, like, it goes, like, it literally goes, like, go, Tootsie, go. Like, there's a song like that. Can you believe this woman? And it is a movie about a female empowerment. Yeah. So there you have it. So there you go. Cantankerous Tootsie with yeah. Cameron Estee. Yeah, pretty, ups- pretty upset about it. All right, guys. Um, I guess in summary, what I'm trying to say is like, dudes out there, and I know there's probably some dude actors in the room because it's like, whatever, Hollywood. Um, like, <laughs> stick with it. And if you can't stick with it, like, yo, like, I'm pretty sure that like Tilda Swinton is just like breezing through shit. So just like, see if you can get some of that Swinton money. Just take some Swinton rolls. <laughs> You guys, that's Rio Butcher. That's Cameron Esposito. Thank you so much for coming out. We're here every week. Have a great rest of your night. Hands together. Put your 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 hands together. Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap with your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Ah, uh, yes. I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. Ah! Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.